Hey, Outcomes Rocket Nation, Saul Marquez here. I wanna to talk to you about practicing virtually. Fullscript is a virtual dispensing platform that helps practitioners dispense professional grade supplements and improve patient adherence from anywhere. For example, when you write a prescription, it's sent directly to patients via text or email. And when they place an order, the supplements get shipped right to their door. It has the most comprehensive catalog of products and has adherence tools like refill reminders and auto reorder. It's loaded with features like EHR integrations, patient wellness content, evidence-based protocols, and adjustable profit margins. Best of all, it's free. So try Fullscript today. If you're considering adding supplements to your treatment plans, visit fullscript.com rocket for an extensive guide on supplements and drug nutrient depletion and interactions. Visit fullscript.com rocket. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Dr. Jeffrey Dobro. He's partner, H&B strategy, and innovation leader at Mercer. Jeff leads the health and benefits strategy and innovation services work based in New Jersey. His interests span from furthering evidence-based health management initiatives to innovative opportunities for employers to work more closely with health systems and providers to optimizing the effectiveness of their clients' workforce. Prior to joining Mercer, Jeff was the chief medical officer at One Medical, designing their innovative model of care, and he was responsible for the company's B2B strategy. As you all know, that company's gone public and uh, it's doing pretty well. Jeff has also served as the CMO at Red Brick Health, where he was responsible for the company's clinical programs, well-being, disease management, medication therapy management. He led design development and ongoing operations of the clinical and coaching programs, as well as leading outcomes research for a range of population health programs. Previously, he was partner at Willis Towers Watson, where he was responsible for employer-based health management programs, employer-provider contracting, and on-site near-site clinics. He's operated a national group of 58 primary care medical practices, was CMO of an early ACO management firm and was an analyst at a hedge fund. He's a leader in the space. And in particular, we're going to be covering healthcare for employers and what employers can be doing to empower themselves to get more out of their healthcare dollar and the benefits that they provide to their employees. Jeff is a board-certified internist and rheumatoidologist and an associate professor at the NYU School of Medicine. I'm excited to showcase our interview with him today. And uh, with that, I want to welcome Jeff to the podcast. Thank you, Saul. Excited to be with you today. So let's dive into the amazing work that you've done and really kind of getting to the heart of it. What inspires your work in healthcare? I've been a physician and in the healthcare field for over 25 years. And it feels like now is the time that the healthcare system is really ready to change. My inspiration really is around transforming the healthcare system to better serve the entire population of the United States and the patients that need care day to day. Well, I think it's a great way to do it. And you've been part of some really interesting companies, you know, but One Medical that just went public and Virgin Pulse and now Mercer. Your influence as a physician leader in the space is very, very interesting and inspiring. As you think about how you and, and the business over there at Mercer adding value to the healthcare ecosystem, what would you say that is? Well, we have done so many really interesting and innovative things at Mercer. 
Right now, I would tell you the, the most interesting thing that we're doing is working on transforming the delivery system. We're working with employers every day to build better relationships with providers directly, with health systems and doctors, shifting from a volume and fee-for-service focus to a value-based care uh, delivery system. We have a great initiative going on right now that we call employer-centric care delivery. And you can imagine, just from the name of that, what we're really working on. So we work with employers every day to help get them to understand a physician that uh, hospitals and physicians are dealing with. Um, no so working with them every day, my computer just went crazy for a second. No um, so we're working with them every day to, to better understand the working models and position that hospitals and physicians are dealing with and working to improve the quality of care as well as the value. So we work with employers to understand uh, what advanced primary care looks like and how they can access that. We're working with them to build what we're calling quality network overlays so that their employees and their families can identify who are the better providers for any particular kind of service that they might want to get and then how to access those particular people. We're working with some other programs where we're directly contracting with provider systems, whether it's around centers of excellence or bundled payments or even accountable care organizations. There's a lot to be done, and you guys are very focused on that. As you said, I love employer-centric care delivery. Last year during the health conference, you guys had a very strong presence there, owning the employer track bringing over 300 employers to the table to discuss what matters most. As we think about the transformation of our healthcare system, I think uh, employers have a, a really strong influence and you guys have a really accurate sense of what's going on by targeting them. And I think by doing that, you're also helping providers navigate because there's a lot of need from the provider side to, to help navigate this shift. What would you say about that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, employers are in a very interesting position. They are funding a large part of the healthcare budget in America, but they're also very directly involved in the delivery of care and in improving the quality of care if they choose to be. Employers are, since employers are funding all of this care, it matters directly to them that their people are healthy so that they show up to work to do the, the type of work that they were hired to do. And employers are also directly concerned with the cost of care and the efficiency of care uh, since they are funding it and they're not primarily in the healthcare business. They're in the business of running whatever the business they're in. So the employers have this very unique perspective as fiduciaries to care about cost, quality, efficiency, and the experience that their employees and their families have as they're going through the care process. That's actually one of the key reasons that I chose to work at Mercer. Mercer happens to have an amazing culture. It's very creative, very innovative. There's a lot of out-of-the-box thinking. And they do sit at this unique intersection of the delivery system, the health plan insurance system, and the employers that are funding it and have a direct interest in the performance of the entire system of health. Yeah, it's really interesting. Cost, quality, efficiency, and experience things that we're all striving to get better at. And so you chose Mercer and the road ahead is exciting with where you guys sit in the ecosystem. What makes what Mercer does different, unique, or even better than what's available today? 
Well, you know, sitting in this unique position that we have, which is right in the intersection of both the financing, the delivery, the quality, the insurance, it allows us to bring creative ideas together and bring partners together that might not normally ever work together. We can be as creative as we possibly can, bringing new ideas to all of the various constituents in this system of health. So we work directly with employers and actually represent their interests. But we spend quite a bit of time also working with the health plans to help them understand and improve the delivery of their service. As we've discussed, we are now working very directly with health systems, with hospitals, with physicians, and all the other elements of the system. And we also get to think about the community. Now, we understand that people's health is largely influenced by the way that they live their life, their lifestyle, things that we call social determinants of health their interaction with their community. And we have a number of programs and initiatives that are going on to directly influence and impact those social determinants of health. We get to think about physical health and uh, emotional health or emotional well-being and behavioral health. So when we go work with a client, we try to understand exactly what their problems are. Uh, We have access to a tremendous amount of data and a, like I said, a, a tremendous amount of innovative creative thinking. So in, in our jobs, we not only work to help our clients find the best pricing and the best health insurance plan, but by understanding this larger ecosystem, this broad set of issues, we bring new solutions to our clients. We actually also bring new solutions to the health plans and to the providers and even out to the community, bringing all of that together as we recognize something that that I'd like to phrase as a system of health. And that large system encompasses all of the various influences on an individual person that helps them be healthier and be more productive and be happier in their lives. I think it's awesome. And as we think about this, you know, we're having this great discussion, Dr. Dobro here, and and, uh, what's going on at your company, you know, and do you really have all the answers? If you're honest with yourself, the answer to that question is no. And so in this time, it's critical that we consider companies like Mercer that are being innovative in their thought process about how they can add value to us, you know, employers and leaders in healthcare. If you could hone into, uh, for example, a particular program that's resonating right now, Dr. Dobro, what would you say that is and, and how has it improved outcomes or made business better? Yeah, you know, you, you present that in a great way, so, you know, nobody has all the answers Look, and this is uh, 2020, the way that the healthcare system is going to look in 2025, let's say, or 2030, will be so different than the way it looks right now. Uh, One of the most interesting things, I would say, in in forward thinking is trying to understand and learn from companies that are building artificial intelligence. We know that the use of data and our ability collectively, all of us, to access a wide range of data to better understand what the health of a population looks like, what the risks and potential that each individual person may have. It's just incredible. But we are just on the cusp of using artificial intelligence in healthcare. And in fact, we have an AI workgroup that is studying and working with vendors and uh, computer scientists to try to understand how this can better be used in healthcare to deliver the the benefits that I just described before around the quality of care and and the person's experience and the cost. 
whole other set of issues around use of technologies, whether it be machine learning, as I was just describing, or creating and working with vendors that are creating better apps to drive engagement. That's one of the big challenges that employers have. They have created these great health management and well-being programs that are very uh, beneficial to those individuals that use them. But one of the things that we find is they are underutilized. So one of the other really interesting things that we're doing is working around engagement strategies with some of the really interesting thinkers out there in the market like uh, Bob Cialdini and BJ Fogg and others who've worked on behavior design. Well, Jeff, it's, uh, it's the, gosh, you know, you've highlighted these really kind of four areas, cost, quality, efficiency, and experience. And, you know, where do we want to play? You know, there's so many different solutions looking for a problem out there. It's critical that we pause and just think about what Jeff is saying. It's focus on one of these issues and work with the actual problems to develop a solution for it to actually get some traction in the market, working with influencers like Dr. Dobro and Mercer that can help get those solutions to the people that need them most. You've been a part of a lot of different organizations doing very transformative things in healthcare, Dr. Dobro. What, what would you say is one of the biggest setbacks you've experienced and a key learning from that? Mm, that's a great question. You know, the setbacks really come from change just not coming fast enough. Mm -hmm. I would say when I was at uh, Red Red, which is now Virgin Pulse, we had built some pretty amazing behavior design tools, apps, new ways of doing coaching and, and engaging people. You know, the, the biggest setback there was we couldn't just build it fast enough. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes a tremendous amount of resources to build new tools and take new approaches. And uh, you just don't always have the, the time and money and resources to build something out exactly the way that I would want it. So while it was a great moment for Redrick to be acquired by Virgin Pulse, I would have liked to have had more time, more money, more resources to build out that set of products and tools exactly the way that we would have wanted to. Now, that's an interesting call out. And how would you do it differently, Jeff? I mean, if you say like, you know, four years before the acquisition, what would you do differently knowing what you do now? Um, you know, what was interesting is going through that process, we actually learned, all of us together learned about rapid cycle development. We mm -hmm. took much of the learnings from the software industry and then applied them to all sorts of program development processes. We built our coaching processes that way. We built out our, our analytics and our research team to have much more rapid cycle builds beyond just the software itself. In fact, what we've done from that experience is build a whole sprint process that had developed at Redbrick and have brought that into Mercer to rapidly develop our own new products and our new consulting solutions so that we can bring new ideas to market much more rapidly than we would ever have done before. That's really great. Borrowing from software, Scrum, I think they call it, right? <laughs> to, yes. To other areas. Um, <clears throat> and I think that's really smart. Uh, you know, we often talk about but don't do the idea of learning from other industries and, and other practices. And this is a great example, Jeff. Appreciate you sharing that. What can you do with a scrum practice or, you know, a sprint process. It's a, it's a really cool idea 
to borrow from these areas and apply them to other specialties within what we do. What what are you most excited about today? Um, Yeah, so actually what we're doing right now is is using that sprint process Mm -hmm. uh, to build out that whole set of initiatives around employer-centric care delivery. Uh, I don't know of anyone else that's taken that broad approach to building the analytic tools and the diagnostics to help employers understand where their opportunities are around working with providers. Uh, This is where most of my energy is going right at this very time. And we have, I think, 10 different initiatives that all intersect and build on each other. If we had to try to build one at a time and then tie them all together in one large initiative, it would take us years. Instead, what we do is we have 10 different sprint teams running through what we're calling a stage meeting process of building out a wireframe, not typically a term used in consulting, but we look at these as though we are building uh, little bits of software that are all connected. So we run through a sprint. We have a few different steps that are involved, five different steps generally, where we have some wireframing and design, and uh, then we engage with what we call our challenge team to help us understand where we hit it right and where things need to be changed or where maybe we've come up with completely untenable ideas. We go back and then restructure the uh, product that we're delivering, come back to our challenge team one more time, then they'll have us build our business case and we bring it then to senior management with a go or no go, or potentially go back and even rethink the idea. That entire process is only a six or eight week process instead of a year long process. And as we're doing that, we're also tying all of the elements together. And uh, we've now tested this out with uh, several of our clients, even as we're going through these early iterations and getting a tremendously positive response from employers who previously had really shied away from even thinking about engaging with provider systems. Well, I think it's a very unique way of approaching very common problems with new thinking. And so I'm really, uh, it's exciting to hear about how you guys are doing it, Jeff. And the way that you mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast captures so much, the employer-centric care delivery. And from my perspective, I believe that one of the strongest forces in the transformation of healthcare is going to come from the employers. So it's so great that you guys are focusing your efforts there. How would you say, you know, for those that don't really know or understand, how does Mercer fit into the picture? And who can, you know, who can reach out to you guys? Like, who are your typical collaborators in this type of work? That's, that's really interesting. So what we're doing now is we start in a local market and we bring the major health systems to the table and we bring the major employers to the table. Mm-hmm. And we start initially just by talking about the quality of care. And we may talk about maternity care or cardiac care or orthopedic care, cancer care, you know, you name it. It's whatever the key topics are that are of interest to our employers. Mm-hmm. We call those quality improvement collaboratives. And we've been running those in a number of markets across the country for oh, about three and a half years now. And then what will happen from those is a level of trust is developed. You know, trust is always one of the barriers to get to parties that either don't know each other or may have even had or perceived that they've had an adversarial relationship, when in fact, they really haven't. So we start by having these quality discussions, and then the employers really see that providers 
might be willing to work with him directly or think about delivering care in a different way or maybe do a direct contract. Uh, then we build on those initial conversations to build out business relationships. We may work with third parties. We may work very directly with the, with the providers. And in different markets, we've built out uh, what we call an advanced primary care model, where the employers contract directly with these very unique and very innovative primary care groups to expand access and the ease of service, improving the quality of care, reducing the total cost of care, and working on preventive services, and working with what we call high-value specialty networks in each of these markets, in each of these communities. Like I mentioned before, we would also work in on identifying what we might call centers of excellence that might be centers of excellence available on a national basis or through our analytics, identify those high-performing provider organizations that are right in the community. For example, not everybody needs to go to the Cleveland Clinic to get their heart surgery, although that's one of the highest-performing cardiac centers in the country. In many communities, many cities, there are cardiac centers that perform at the same level. Uh, so our employers are looking at that as one of the interesting solutions that we bring to the table. One of the things we also might do is connect them to accountable care organizations right there in their community. We have a number of employers that are working directly with these ACOs, and not only on a contracted basis, but they work with them day-to-day, month-to-month to identify ways to better engage their employees and families, to bring preventive services into the employer world to improve, as we mentioned in the beginning, to improve the cost and quality and outcomes and efficiency and experience for everybody. So this is pretty unique. I personally have been working with provider systems and employers for a very long time. And I have to say that this is the time now for those two components of the health system to start to work together. This is one of those very interesting tipping points where we are fairly sure that the system is going to change. Mercer is very unique and I think way ahead of the market as far as I can see in building this kind of employer-centric care delivery system. That is so exciting, Jeff. And, you know, you mentioned the tipping point. I agree with you. It's happening and, uh, you know, the employers that see it are going to have to get ahead of it. I mean, when something like healthcare that, you know, ends up being the largest line item expense aside from labor cost and maybe, you know, materials, it becomes an area where you have to get engaged. You have to roll up your sleeves. And with a partner like Mercer that has relationships with really all the stakeholders, what a great way to do it. And these quality improvement collaboratives are fascinating. It'd be really cool to sit in on one of those, uh, just to hear the discussions that happen, the real world things that matter to these employers, the you know areas that providers could help. What a great way to do it. And I know you guys are going to be back at that health conference again. I'm excited to see you guys there again with the hands-on approach to that track, the employer track. So folks, if you have a chance, uh, you know, this is the tip of the iceberg to engage with Mercer and Dr. Dobro more to come at that event. But before we conclude here, Dr. Dobro, I'd love to ask maybe which, well, firstly, what is your favorite book? Always interested to hear what the <laughs> thought leaders are reading. Uh, my favorite book is, uh, is called Corelli's Mandolin. Huh. Um, and it's a book actually about um, some rural families living in the mountains in Greece 
during the time of World War II, and it's about the humanity and, and the frailty and the strength of individual people when they're under duress and they're, they're creative and, and uh, energetic approaches they, they take to make their lives better and stay alive. Wow. That's a cool book. Coretti's Mandolin? Corelli's Mandolin. Corelli's Mandolin. A great recommendation striking at the heart of human character and perseverance as something that we need a lot of uh, as we uh, engage in the transformation of health. Tell us uh, a closing thought here, Jeff, and, and the best place where the listeners could continue the conversation with you and Mercer after this podcast is over. Sure. I just, you know, in closing, I would just say, you know, be persistent, be creative. Now is the time to make change. And Mercer cannot do this by themselves. Well, we need everybody out there to continue to think about how the health system can be improved and what they individually uh, can do to improve their own health and the way the entire system is working. So I would give everybody the advice to just keep going. We're, we're going to get there. And I guess, you know, in closing, just how can I get in touch with me? My email is jeffrey.dobro at mercer.com. I would encourage employers or anybody who's got a creative idea around improving the system health to please get in touch with me. We're open to all ideas. And, um, you know, as I think you said, Saul, this is the tipping point. So we're, we're just looking forward to the next five, 10 years and seeing what we can do to contribute to make this whole thing work better. Outstanding, Jeff. Well, listeners, take action. Don't just think about doing it. Jeff gave you his email. <laughs> so if you have an idea and you believe that you don't know everything, that there is a way to do it differently and better, now's the time. And, and with that, just want to give you, Jeff, a, a big thank you. And listeners, appreciate y'all tuning in and looking forward to continuing the discussion. 